How many ready for the word? Turn to, turn to Luke 1 this morning. Luke 1. Sometimes we see Luke 1 as something we preach around Christmas time, I think. And uh, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you. Today I feel like I have a word from the Lord for you and something that's been on my heart. And it's amazing to see how the Holy Spirit even puts together a service, puts together the songs. I believe the songs have paved the way for me to speak what I'm going to speak this morning in a way that I hope impacts your life in a tremendous way. My title today is Don't Quit, It's Coming. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Don't Quit, It's Coming. Has anybody noticed in our society how easy it is for people just to give up? You don't like your marriage, you give up on it. You don't like your job, you give up on it. You don't like where you live, you give up on it. You give up on things that, see, when somebody needs to hear this today, quitting is not an option. And I want you to see this as we go to the Word of God this morning, that when God gives us a promise, when God gives us a plan, when God places something in your heart and we give up, you may have been right at the, at the precipice, right at the place where God was getting ready to answer something that he placed in you or a promise that he gave you. And we get right up to that place and then we give up. How many like Rocky movies? Oh, come on. Just like, yeah, I can't. Those lights are right in my eyes. I can't hardly see. You like Rocky movies? Man, I love Rocky movies. You guys know I use this as a sermon illustration all the time from the standpoint. Man, Rocky was somebody that was always getting beat up, wasn't he? Yeah. Every single one of those movies. And one of, my, one of my favorite movies that he fought in was he fought somebody named Tommy Gunn. Anybody tell me what Rocky movie Tommy Gunn fought Rocky? Which one was it? That's right. Thank you, Ryan. Got some fellow Rocky fans in here. Rocky Five. But I love this picture spiritually of what I feel like God wants to speak to us today from the standpoint of Rocky was always getting beat up. He'd get in the ring, and in this particular instance, Rocky's just getting beat left and right and left and right, and his face is all bloody, and he gets knocked down. And Tommy Gunn turns around as if to kind of say, I beat the Rocky Balboa. And Rocky gets back up. He says, hey, yo, Tommy. I didn't hear a bell. See you in the next round. Church, sometimes you just got to get yourself back up. Sometimes you got to have enough grit and enough grace inside of you to say, it doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down, the Lord will raise you up. All you have to do is get back up and focus on his promises because, church, I got a, a news for you today. Quitting is not an option for you. Because if you don't quit, if you keep pressing through, if you keep believing that God is who he said he is and he will do what he said he would do, then the only thing that can defeat you is not the enemy out there. It's the enemy inside of you that tells you that nothing's ever going to change. This is always going to be this way. I'm always going to face difficulty and trials and problems and all this stuff coming my way. And when we begin to focus on all that, instead of the God who said he is faithful... How many know he's faithful today? He's faithful. I love how real the Bible is because even the Apostle Paul said this. He said, look, in Corinthians, he said, I have been through beatings and I have been through shipwrecks and I have 
I love that about the Bible because it tells us as believers that we are going to go through some stuff sometimes. Amen? Amen. He never promised us it's all going to be roses and cupcakes in our Christian life. But Paul, being the man who would not quit on the promises that God gave him, on the purpose God gave him and the plan God gave him, God put that in his heart and God gave him, but here's what he came to understand and I want you to understand today is when quitting's not an option, then you keep pressing on because the answer may be right around the corner. It may be right at the next prayer that you pray from your lips. It may be right in the midst of the next worship service you in when God suddenly comes and answers his prayer. But Paul, even all the things that he went through, the stripes, it said five times he was beaten with 39 stripes. Jesus was beaten once with 39 stripes, five times. He lists all these things, letting us know that, hey, I still went through some stuff even though I decided to follow Jesus and not quit and see the calling on my life completely fulfilled. But he went on to say this, and this is so important this morning. He said, the strength didn't come from me. It came from him. And church, when I'm talking to you about not quitting, not giving up on the dream and the plan and the purpose and what God placed inside of you or that prayer that you may have prayed a long, long time ago and you still have not seen the fulfillment of it, I just came to tell you this morning, it's not you that is the main part of this equation, it's God. In Ephesians 6, it says this, having done all to stand, everybody say stand. And then it says, stand therefore. So sometimes when you're standing, you've got to remind yourself to keep standing in faith with the promise of God on your lips. And like we sang this morning, sometimes you just need to echo God's promises, not just back to Him, but you need to rehearse the promises of God in your ears because you don't need to quit because your answer is right around the corner. I'm telling you it is right around the corner. Don't quit. It's coming is what I felt like the Lord wants for us this morning. God's brought me too far to leave me out here hanging yet, right? God's brought many of you way too far to leave you just off to the side. And I came to encourage you today. There's some things that you've prayed about. There, as we're going to look in Luke 1 today and see the story of Zechariah. And Zechariah was a priest, according to the order of Abijah, and what that simply means is they would rotate duties of being the priest on duty in the temple. And as the story in Luke 1 opens, we see that Zechariah is here in the temple, and it says that the lot, which is basically the equivalent of flipping a coin, the lot fell to him to go into the holy place and to offer incense. As the people outside are offering incense of prayer, it's symbolic of the prayers going up to God. And we're going to look at that story this morning and, and kind of glean from it what the Lord would speak to us by way of encouragement for everybody sitting here under the sound of my voice that there are some things that you may be ready to give up on, but I want to declare to you today in Jesus' name, it's not a day to get, give up, it's a day to stand up. It's a day to get up off the mat, maybe like Rocky. Look, if you think the enemy's knocked you down and he's going to keep you down, sometimes you just need to get up and give him a good Rocky line, Amen. Hey, yo, Tommy, it was my, was my, Sylvester Stallone not that good? You guys are kind of looking at me like I'm crazy. I am crazy, by the way. Some, some of you need to look at the devil and say, the bell hadn't rung yet. God's not done with me yet. God's not finished with me yet. It may look bleak. It may look like I'm 
battered and bruised and bloody and right there on the precipice. But can I tell you something this morning? When you cry out to God in honesty and lay your heart out before him, guess what happens? You begin to get strengthened. Jesus in the garden. If you don't think Jesus can relate to the difficulty that you're going through, let me tell you something this morning. He was a man acquainted with grief. He was a man who was tested in all ways, and it knows the emotions that it, it feels to go through life, but without fault. Amen? How many are glad that it was without sin? But here's my point. He knew what it was like not to know what tomorrow was going to bring. Because when you see Jesus in the garden... He's, he's sweating as dr- great drops of blood, the anguish and the knowing what the cup that he was going to have to receive from his father. And he's there, and I thank God that he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. When you surrender your will, God is going to entrust you with authority to speak over the situation that you're in and see it change. Amen? Amen. Some of you just need to get a revelation of the authority that God has placed in you as a believer in Christ. You say, well, I've prayed this. Can I, I want to tell you something this morning. I want you to shift from, from, from just thinking that your blessing is coming to begin to prepare and, and say that your blessing is coming. Are you listening to me this morning? You say, well, what do you mean? I'll give you a quick story, and I'm sure it's okay because they've shared this testimony many times, but it's my sister-in-law. It's my wife's twin sister, Lori. They couldn't get pregnant. They couldn't have a child. They tried and tried and tried and went to doctors and did all the stuff. And listen to me. Here's the key this morning. Here's what I want you to get as we read the story here in just a moment and pray. Here's what I want you to get this morning. It's not just our wishful. There's a fine line between presumptuousness and faith. Amen? I've seen a lot of people operate in presumption and not true faith. And we'll talk about this morning what the dividing line is. But here's the key. Our pastor, my pastor still, brother Wes Courtney back in Walker, Louisiana that I worked under for nine years before I came here and a missionary for uh, eight or nine before that. He went over to him one day because the spirit of the Lord was on him. How many understand that God wants to speak to us? That's where the word of God comes in. It's where God's word comes and it encourages us and challenges us. And he walked over to him and he said, you guys need to quit praying for your blessing to come and start preparing for your blessing to come. And he literally felt like the Holy Spirit said, go buy a crib and go decorate a room. Y'all, that's faith. Guess what happened a few months later? Little baby Mac was on the way. He's still baby Mac, isn't he? I hope nobody's listening back home. Sometimes they watch us and then go to church. 9.23, 9.53, they're probably already in church. I hope so. If you're not in church, go to church. <laughs> be listening to us over in Omasasa, listen to your pastor and Walker. But listen to me. Some of you need to begin to prepare. You hear me? Our, our faith has feet. Your prayers have strength. What you're beginning to declare over, if all we do is walk around and talk about how we're about to give up and we're about to quit and how the devil's finally going to take us down, listen to me, that's what you're going to live out in your life. This isn't positive thinking message. This is the truth of God's word. So a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I want you to quit praying for the blessing and begin to prepare and declare 
that the blessing is already coming. Because right here, midway, a little over midway through the year 2022, I have still not seen God answer the things that I started the year out asking him. And to be honest with you, lately I've been getting down. I've been getting in the molly grubs. Anybody know what the molly grubs are? Yes. Yes. Been getting down, just down, just God, we're, you know, I don't, in Zechariah that we're getting ready to read in this story was somebody who faced this very thing. Because in the, in the, the scripture that we're about to read says that they were advanced in age and they did not have any children. So let me paint you a picture of Zechariah's life. Zechariah would have said this. In his 20s, he, or even younger in Jewish culture and tradition, probably younger when he married his wife, Elizabeth. And they probably prayed a very simple prayer. Many of you have prayed simple prayers. God, I need your help with my finances. God, I need you to enter into my marriage and renew it. God, I need you to come through in whatever area it is that you need him to come through in. And imagine how he felt because here he is. He's in his 20s, no baby. He's in his 30s, no baby. He's in his 40s, no child. He gets into his 50s, still no child. He gets into his 60s, into his 70s. Scholars would have kind of pegged his age in, the, in this story at probably around 93 years old. There are some things that some of you have prayed, and you prayed them 50 or 60 years ago, and I came to tell you today, don't quit on your prayer. Because when you pray to a faithful God and you think it's up to your faithfulness and goodness, it's not. Here's what I want to tell you this morning. God is working all things together for good. Have you ever considered that God is an orchestrator? And somebody that conducts an orchestra means that there's all these different pieces, and I'm not a music person, but there's all these different pieces that they have to put in the right place at the right time. Because in this story, and, and it's so important to understand this, in this story, they had prayed this, he had prayed this prayer 50 or 60 years before, and everybody say sovereign will. God has a sovereign will that he is operating by at all times in the earth. And God's sovereign will is that he would send the Messiah. Now understand something important too. 400 years of complete silence from God, from Malachi to right here in Luke 1 that opens up. And the things that they had not only been praying about as a nation and as a people, God, send the Messiah. God, we need to hear a word from you. God, silence. Ever been in a season where God's just silent? Anybody besides me? God just seems like God just, just silence. Just I saw a thing the other day, it was a few weeks ago, but the teacher's silent when the student is taking the test. Because sometimes when he's silent, he is purifying your faith. He is purifying you on the inside. You ready to hear Luke 1? Amen. Let's read it together. Luke 1, verse 5. Jump down to verse 5 this morning. We're going to read 5 through 14 and see what the Lord would say. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. He was one, he was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, his wife was. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well advanced in years, probably in their 90s. 
So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot, basically the equivalent of flipping a coin, to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then, everybody say then. Then. Say suddenly. I like that word better. Some, Some of them say suddenly. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Father, for these next few moments as I share your word, I pray that you would speak through me to the hearts of the people. Father, whatever said of Jason Hanks, let it fall by the wayside. But Lord, whatever said under the anointing of Almighty God, let it go into the hearts of the people. And God, let it find a fruitful place there. May it find good soil. As we hear your word, Father, we pray today that it would change our hearts and impact our lives. God, your word is powerful. Your word is mighty. Your word is settled forever in the heavenly places this morning. So, Lord, as we begin to prepare for our blessing, prepare for the answer, I pray you would challenge us today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. As I mentioned, for several hundred years from Malachi to this moment that we're looking at right here, there was complete silence, and that can be much like our church services. It can be much like our lives at times. And the routine of life and worship just kind of carries on without a word from God. And I feel like to tell you this morning the word for the Lord for many of you in this room is even though God seemed distant and silent in what you have been asking him for, I feel like the word of the Lord is this, God is going to come through suddenly. Here's my word. You are going to make it. You aren't going to crawl into your next season. You are going to get up, stand up, not quit, and run into the next season with a smile on your face, church. It doesn't look like it now, but I encourage you not to not to focus on what it looks like in the natural, but to have faith of the God of the supernatural. Are you hearing me this morning? Some of us wake up and all we can think about is everything going wrong. Trust me, that's a big time temptation for me. But I woke up this morning and not focused on all the things that are wrong. I focused on the God who intervenes on my behalf. Anybody else with me? Life's a lot about how we look at things. And I love the fact that Zacharias was continuing to serve the Lord even though he had to in the back of his very mind, he and his wife Elizabeth, in the back of his very mind had to, the enemy like he does us, had to continually tell him, didn't you guys pray about this 50 years ago? Why, why are you still serving God? And, and remember something important in the story too. They cast a lot. In other words, it was like a proverbial coin flip. And most priests would have maybe gotten to do this one time in their whole ministry time as, as priest in the temple. So my point is this. God doesn't flip a coin with your and mine life. He is a God who orchestrates. He's a God who 
puts pieces in place, just like in this story, where of all people on all days, in other words, God has a cosmic calendar in heaven and he has your answer circled on it. Your key is to stay faithful and not give up. Zacharias could have given up a long time ago. Well, God didn't come through for me. This didn't happen. In verse 7 it says, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Jewish custom and culture for the most part would have told people and there at least would have been kind of this Maybe not saying, but maybe kind of like we do here in the South, bless their heart. Right? Well, there's Elizabeth. Bless her old heart. Bless her heart. Because, listen to me now, because not having a child would have been somehow a sign of God's disfavor. That's why Luke, the writer, goes through such lengths to tell us several times, these were good and righteous people. Can I tell you this morning, you say, well, I'm really not that righteous. Neither am I, and neither is anybody in this room, because our righteousness doesn't come from ourselves; It comes as a gift from God. That We are righteous in Him. When you put your faith in Him, He makes you righteous. So these people were righteous. They were good people. They were obedient to God, but they still had not seen the answer come through. Because I've learned this. God doesn't treat me as I deserve. God treats me as I'm worth. Amen? In other words, God is not mad at you this morning. Sometimes I feel like God in certain areas of my life may be disappointed because he's my father and he's going to treat me as one of his kids, right? As one of his kids, he says he scourges every son that he receives. In other words, there's correction of the Lord, but God doesn't do it in anger. God does it in love. Amen? It's important to understand. So he prayed this prayer as a young Man, and what happens? He has to wait. Everybody say wait. Church, the two hardest things you'll do in your spiritual life is love your enemies and wait on God. How many can testify to that? Oh, my goodness. Waiting on God is hard, and Zechariah and his wife were in just such this place. I found that the seasons that God seems most absent in my life are the seasons he's sometimes doing his deepest work in my life. Because it's not just about the answer. It is about what he's purifying in us or taking out of us. Amen? Job wrote in the Old Testament, If I go east, but he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I turn to the south, but I cannot find him. Maybe you have a situation in your life this morning where you're wondering where God is. Maybe it's a sickness in your body or sickness in your family. Maybe a family member hurt and betrayed you. Maybe you just need direction for a decision. And that's where Zechariah was at here as we open up in the beginning of the Luke. But understand God's view of time, right? Does everybody understand that a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years to God? Why? Because he is in eternity, right? Even as adults, I've shared this story before, but it's too funny not to share, especially since my son isn't here and working. Totally different concept of time. When he was, I think, five or six years old, and we traveled all around, we were still ministering and going to churches as missionaries. I can't remember where we were going. We might have even been, been driving from Louisiana to Ohio to see my family up there. 16 hours is a long time, especially to a little five-year-old, right? 
And you know how they start. We haven't gotten 20 minutes up the road. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And finally, he spoke up, and I'm like, no, buddy, it's going to be a long ride. He's like, will I still be six when we get there? <laughs> and how many feel that way sometimes? God, am I, Lord, I prayed this a long time ago, and God, I know you're faithful, and I know your promises. Here's the thing that you see in the scripture, and here's what I want to encourage you with. Not only was God fulfilling his sovereign will of sending his precious son, his only begotten son, to die and pay for our sins, to show us how to live, to show us how we can walk this earth in faith and confidence and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Not Listen, not only was he working out his sovereign will, but God was working out his will. In other words, some, how many have found that it's easy to pray the really big prayers, but it's harder to pray the small ones? Yeah. Anybody else? I do. I mean, I can pray for revival in Homosassa, and I can pray for the nations of the world, and I can pray for this church and pray for you guys. But sometimes when it comes to just the simple needs that I have as Jason Hanks, the, the man who follows God, it's sometimes harder to pray those prayers. But can I, can I encourage you this morning? No prayer you pray in faith ever falls on deaf ears. It doesn't. God, it's beautiful to look at this because God was working out his bigger overall sovereign will, but yet he still cared about a faithful man and woman of God who had been following God and serving God and continuing to love him and serve him and walk in righteousness, even though they could look back and say, well, God, I guess you didn't come through for me this time. No prayer ever falls on deaf ears when it comes to God. But our understanding of time is different. If, if a few thousand years is but a day and a day is a thousand years, then what seems like a long time to us, can I tell you this morning, is not a long time to God. Amen. And he's faithful. But sometimes we kind of seem like that child that's kind of always nagging, right? God win. God win. God win. Verse 8 and 9, if you'll look back down there. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. So again, it's, it's showing us a picture of a God who orchestrates. And if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. It's the law, I've shared this before, it's the law of synchronicity. The law of synchronicity theologically and according to the Bible is, is this. Events occur in your life that are not linked by causality but by meaning. In other words, we think it's cause and effect. But if you will begin to step back and look at your life from the lens of God's meaning and God's deeper purposes, not just for you as a family and individual of what you're asking for, but also in his greater overall plan to see the world come to faith in Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? God always has a larger grand scheme in which he operates. He always is operating a larger, but he's not going to turn a deaf ear to your needs and your desires and the things, the plans, the purposes, and the promises that God has placed within you. I came to tell you this morning, some of you need to reconnect to those and begin to believe again. Amen. Don't quit. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to I try to teach my kids this, and even this past week with different situations that, that we had going on, I tried to, tried to point them to when you put your faith in God and you you know, he's your father. He's going to do things. And here's what we often do. We look at situations and circumstances as the worst thing that ever could have happened in our lives. Amen. Yep. Something happens and it's like, I mean, something happened just a couple of days ago that something broke. And I quickly looked up and realized we still had two more days of complete insurance on it. Two days. 
And what would have cost about $330 cost 30 to fix. And instead of focusing on being angry and upset that this broke, amen, looking at it from the standpoint of look what I can do through God, amen. In other words, it's simply this. With Zechariah, he could have put on the lens of everything looks like disappointment to me. And he put on the lens that my God is in control. And when God's time is right, when God has finally tested and God has finally brought and orchestrated all these things together. In other words, I told you, I'm telling you to have a fresh faith in your heart this morning that God is going to answer what you've prayed for. Don't quit. Everybody say, don't quit. quit. See what Zechariah thought, hey, this is just a random blessing. He didn't know that God was actually setting him up. Everybody say, God is setting me up. Because instead of just a, a child, instead of just a son, they got John the Baptist. I want to tell you something this morning. The longer you've been praying about it, the more God is orchestrating something far bigger and greater than what you can see or realize right now. And you've got to have that faith in your heart. You've got to have that faith in your soul this morning that God is setting you up for something far more than what you could ask or think. Because He's our Heavenly Father. He knows what we need and when we need it. Verses 11 through 14. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. I'd have been troubled too when I saw a giant angel. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. I love that part. Listen to me for just a second. The angel said, your prayer is heard. Which tells me he didn't just pray at one time 50 years ago. Sometimes we think by continually lifting something up to God that it's a lack of faith. Can I tell you, it's not a lack of faith. Because Jesus gave the parable about prayer in the book of Luke that said, ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. If I ask God for something and I don't see it immediately, guess what? I'm going to begin seeking out the reason. And it may be one of many reasons. There may be disobedience in our lives or hearts. There may be something else going on. God may just give you reassurance. He's orchestrating something far greater. All these kind of things. But sometimes we stop at asking. You've got to seek. And listen, if you seek and you don't find yet, can I tell you what you need to start doing? Is start to knock. Amen? Knock on those doors of heaven. It's not that God's turning a deaf ear. He's teaching us something about faith. So what's God setting you up for? He's setting you up for a suddenly. Hundreds of years of silence from God. Tens of years of silence in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life came to a place where there was a suddenly where God showed them and gave them the answer. But, and this is important, listen to me for just a few minutes. The important element of this story is that they continue to be faithful to do what they knew that God wanted them to do, even in the midst of what seemed like unanswered prayer. How many times do we just get frustrated and say, well, God, if you're not going to do this and help me, how many times do we just walk away? How many times do we quit right before we see the, the answer? How many times do we quit? right before we see the greatest breakthrough that perhaps we'll ever see. I came to tell you this morning to encourage some hearts. Maybe not everybody here is in this place. But you're going to walk through storms. You're going to walk through trials. You're going to walk through difficulties. Those things are very clear 
in the Word of God. But can I tell you something this morning? The only way that you get defeated is if you give up. The enemy cannot defeat you. Only you can defeat yourself. Because when you stay in faith, and here's what he told him. He continues to be obedient to what he knew to do in the calling. And, and listen, this is, this is the most important thing I'll tell you. Listen to me for the next few minutes before we close. The angel comes and he says, name him John. That was unusual because a lot of times they would choose family names. And he's saying, instead of Zechariah Jr., I want you to name him John. John means the Lord has given grace. Everybody say grace. Grace. Can I tell you something this morning in this story? That God is going to give you grace to continue to walk and to stand up and not give up and get up off the mat because God's grace is going to be the thing that answers And he says this, he says, name him John. He says, no strong drink. In other words, here's the key. Listen to me. Be obedient to what God is telling you to do in order to see the fulfillment of what God said he would do. Amen? And then in the story, he strikes him to where he can't speak. (laughs) That strikes me because a lot of times what I get in trouble with is this right here, the mouth. Come on, somebody. We all get in trouble with what we're speaking and what we're saying. We get in trouble with when God comes and gives us a promise. Listen to me this morning, just like what we sang. Here's what we're going to do at the end, I felt, on my heart this morning. We're going to sing the same, sing the same song that we sang and began with today. It's called Echo. And sometimes God is just looking for the echo. He tells him, I'm not going to let you speak because if you speak, you're probably going to speak something negative and and it's outside of faith and you're not going to see this come to full completion. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just zip it and trust God. Don't name him John or don't name him Zachariah Jr. I want you to name him John. And it also means that the prayer that you prayed maybe a long time ago, isn't going to necessarily look the same when it shows up, but it's still God's promise. Come on, somebody. But you have to watch this right here. And you've got to be obedient to do what God said he would do. God's a faithful God. God is a faithful God. And it says, we shall reap if we don't lose heart. We shall reap in the season. God's a God of seasons. This was the season for Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth to see the answer to an ancient prayer. But God is working in such a much bigger way of answering something that also flows in with his sovereign will. God has a sovereign will. God has a moral will. And God has a permissive will. Those are the three areas of God's will. Sometimes we don't know which area we're operating in. God has a sovereign will, and he's already told us in the end how everything ends. It's called, we win. Amen? That's why we can step back and say, hey, we're on the winning side. Zechariah was on the winning side. It didn't look like it from a natural standpoint, and that is our life sometimes. People look at us, and they say, man, he follows God, but he's got all this going on in his life. He's got this going on and that going on. I, I could bring you to tears with the stuff going on in my life right now. To tears. I came to tell you this morning that I believe my God over my circumstances. You may have barely been able to get out of bed this morning. Listen, healing's coming to you this morning. Yes. 
You may have swiped your debit card and got a cup of coffee and thought, I won't be able to get one tomorrow because I don't even have enough in my bank account. Can I tell you, he's a God of breakthrough. He's a God of financial blessing. But you have to be obedient to do what he says to do. Don't quit. It's coming. If you've listened to the words that have been spoken over these last few weeks, even going all the way back to Dr. Kintende when he was here, the missionary brother of ours, he said, it's time. Church, that's, that's the word of the Holy Spirit. It's time. It's time. Your breakthrough is coming. I'm not trying to hype you up this morning. I'm telling you the truth of God's word. The truth of God's word that I'm standing on, just like Zechariah. And there may be something that you prayed maybe for one of your children 30 years ago and you just thought, man, it's just gotten nothing but worse. He's the God of the suddenly. Suddenly an angel appeared. 400 years. Y'all, that's a long time. As long as some of y'all have been alive. Some of y'all. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be in trouble with my wife later. On. We've been married almost 20 years. About seven of those happily. You're in trouble now, brother. Yeah. Listen, have I always been kind and nice and the man of God and everything else that I should be for her? She's been about perfect. I'm serious. It's mostly been me. I'm telling you. But do you know what she and I decided a long time ago? We wouldn't quit. We wouldn't give up. So we live in a culture where giving up is the easiest thing to do. Some of you all need to get a little bit of grit like Zachariah down in your heart and in your life. That's the other thing the Holy Spirit's speaking to all of us. Get some grit. Get some get up like Rocky and say, dun, 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 Man, when I hear that, I'm ready to take the devil on Come on, devil. Listen, life will beat you up. Life will make you feel like, God, you're not coming through. Life will absolutely knock you for a loop. But I came to tell some believers, do I have any believers in the house this morning? Some people that believe in the goodness and the faithfulness and that we serve a God of the breakthrough. Because we do. We have people that are suffering with cancer in this room and, and at home right now. I'm believing that God is a God of healing and going to heal. You say, are you coming up again? There's a fine line between, between presumption and faith. And I'll tell you this, for anybody in this room that's fighting anything physical, I'm going to stand with you in faith against the devil until the day God says not to. Amen? Amen. That no matter what we face on the outside, we are inwardly being renewed day by day. Doesn't matter what's going on out here, it is what's going on in here. We celebrated here recently in August of 2000, I wasn't planning on saying this, August of 2016. Worship team, why don't you guys go ahead and come on up and get set up. Just focus on me while they transition, not that people aren't moving around anyway. August of 2000, I've shared this before, but I know we got a lot of new people here. Our house, my mother-in-law's house, thousands of homes in my little area of Louisiana, tens of thousands of homes completely flooded and were destroyed. We lost every bit of clothing we had. We lost 
completely. Every item of the couches, just got a brand new table and chair that my, my mom had bought us like six months before that. We loved that thing. I think we had a couple pallets like stacked up there before we got that thing. Beautiful. First thing I saw when I walked in is that it picked up that table and turned it over on its side in the water. The chairs had floated down into another room. Looking around at that, I thought, man, if God be for me, who can be against me? Through tears. But see, when I left my house, the water was about a foot away from my door and going down. I went to the church, opened it up because we were taking evacuees in from the north, just 20 minutes north of us that were having to evacuate quickly out of their house because the water was rising so fast. It was coming in unexpectedly. So I'm there with National Guard and National Guard trucks, and I opened up, and we were getting them places to, to dry off, and these people literally came out of five, six foot of water, some of them off the rooftops. It was that hot. I got a call from my wife. Hey, the water is about to come in the house. Church, my simple point is, is that in life, it's not the water on the outside that gets us. It's the water that gets in the inside. When we're concerned, when we're worried, when we have fear, when we have anxiety, God wants us to keep that on the outside because if it gets on the inside, then it's going to affect your faith. And if it affects your faith, you're going to quit believing God for the good. You're going to quit believing God for the unexpected. You're going to quit believing God for the healing. You're going to quit believing God for the salvation of your household. You're going to quit believing God for the financial breakthrough. You're going to quit believing God that God's going to move in homeostasis of Florida. All the things that you see in the natural, if you'll let them on the inside, they'll destroy your faith or at least minimize it. Amen? I'm telling you, in the middle of 2022, my encouragement to you today is simply believe God again. Believe in His goodness. Believe that he's working, when he says he's working all things together for good. When I walked into my house in 2016, there wasn't anything good about it. Nothing good. But man, I saw God do miracle after miracle. Again, my lens wasn't woe is me. My lens was if I'm going through something this hard and the church flooded, every church building on the campus of the church I was on staff at at the time. My mother-in-law's house had six foot in it. She's just a little... Old in that time, in her late 70s, widow. My sister-in-law that I mentioned before, their house completely flooded. But listen, I saw God's faithfulness. He was working out something bigger than what I could even imagine. And he was blessing us all through. And to teach my kids, even living in a camper for six months while our house was rebuilt, of teaching them, hey, look at, look at, look at the goodness of God right here. Look at the good, you know, one thing about us as American Christians, we don't know what it's like to go through suffering and difficulty and try. We Church, we don't. I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on you, but I've been all around the world many times, been in some of the roughest areas of different countries. Rough, rough. We've got it good. Number one this morning to encourage you with, be patient. Waiting on God is difficult. Amen? You just got to be patient. Waiting on God is difficult. Tam, if you go ahead and start to play, and I know you guys will go into that song. Waiting on God is hard. Number two, quickly, stand with me this morning. Number two from this story, and listen to me, for it is your transition in there and getting the blood flowing again to your legs. Waiting on God is hard. Be patient. Secondly, my encouragement is, 
when God seems silent, don't get ahead of him. When God seems silent, don't get ahead of him. It, in other words, we have the proclivity to, when God seems silent, to take things into our own hands. Amen? Look at the story of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Hey, God promised us a, a son, and it's not coming through, so let's make it happen ourselves. It's a greater level of faith when God is silent You just keep clinging to his word. Paul said, I cling in faith to him and his word. Cling. Literally, the word means to grasp and lay a hold of. Some of you have grasped the promises of God, but you've let them go. This morning, I want you to grasp again. Because he's listening for the echo that we're just about to sing here in just a minute. God is listening for us to declare as his authority on earth, declare the word of God in faith. Declare it over your situation. Number three. This is important too. When God is silent, don't try to understand him. Amen. When God is silent, our job is to trust, not understand. There are so many things that we want on this side of heaven, and a lot of things that we won't exactly have an answer for. It always strikes me that Jesus was asking, forgive me if this isn't exact, but I know it's pretty close. Jesus was, let's just say, over, I think it's 362, but let's just say Jesus was asked over 300 questions in the New Testament account in the Gospels, over 300. And he answered three. When God is silent, don't try to understand what the silence is. You be obedient to what God has called you to do. You get up, and as Ephesians 6 says, you stand, therefore, and again, I say stand. Get up off the mat. Hey, yo, Tommy. I didn't hear the bell yet. The bell has not rung on your life and your call and your promise and what God said he would provide. The bell has not rung, church, but you need to stand up in faith and declare the word of God. Can we end this service singing this song again, but sing it from a place of faith in the God who hears and answers. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you. <laughs> Listen to me. I want you to find that song. It's posted on our Facebook page. I really believe that when you kind of feel like God... I need a little strength today. I want you to put that song on and declare you're healed in Jesus' name. Declare the victory in Jesus' name. Declare that his goodness in Jesus' name. Because when you declare his victory, listen, you'll feel, you'll feel the atmosphere around you shift. Amen? Amen? We're not meant to be under. We're meant to be over. Because we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus and in Christ Jesus. If you're visiting with us today, we thank you for coming. We believe that the Spirit of the Lord will not only touch you here, but touch you in your car on your way home and to believe that he's in your household and just be with us all the time. Amen. That's the beauty of the word. Emmanuel, God with us. Lift your hands with me as I bless you today. Father, as the, as the pastor of, of Christian Center Church, Lord God, I bless the people of God today. Father, I pray they would be blessed right here, right now, coming in. And they would be mightily blessed going out. That, Lord, the victory that you won upon the cross would be at the forefront of our heart and our mind continually. That, Lord God, they would would go from here and they would be blessed. But blessed at home and blessed at work, Father. Blessed in their families 
and blessed in every area of their life. Father, I pray that you would raise your countenance upon them, that you would give them peace, grace, mercy, and favor. Protection, Lord, over them. Put your angels round about them and protect them as they go until you bring us back, Lord, at the appointed time right here in your house, Lord. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Have a blessed Sunday. Hey, youth, youth service tonight at 5, 5 o'clock if you're able to bring your kiddos. It's going to be a good night.